That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Tana Guthrie, and today we're talking about the sun. Now, not getting a tan, but the power of the sun and how it can save you money. And our expert on this is Rody Harris with Rising Sun Solar. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. So we're talking about solar panels. How do they even work? Yeah, that's a, a very good question. And I was fortunate enough to get an introduction to solar by helping a school get it. And occasionally I'm asked to, to conduct a tour of that school, and school-aged children ask the best questions, you know. So it was a tour of Girl Scouts, fourth and fifth grade Girl Scouts, and they really wanted to dig in. They'd seen it, right. and they knew a little bit about it. But, you know, really the, the, the sun sends us enough energy to power the entire planet in one day. We just have to harness it. So you're taking the light that's in the sun, and converting it to electrons. So the solar panels that we're using, they actually have their origins and roots in the space race. So all of the satellites and all of the space stations needed power to run, and they realized they needed to harness the power of the sun to do that. Do they use solar power? They do. Are, are there batteries involved? You know, that's a good question, and the, the solar energy that we're now putting in place had a major shift in technology. So during the 70s and 80s and 90s, it had that time to get better and better and better. So panels got more efficient, they had to get more durable, but they were really almost always cobbled together. Um, it was kind of a popular mechanics installation you know people rarely saw solar in those days but it was there and it was doable but it was hampered by a reliance on batteries so one of the changes that happened 20 years ago or so is they realized that we could harness the power of that solar array so all of the panels together and actually instead of having to direct it into a bank of batteries we could tie it directly into the home if you do it safely or the business, and then as soon as it starts producing more than that home is consuming, you don't have to direct it into a bank of batteries to manage that overflow. Oh, so the battery was just like a storage container. Correct, yeah, I think the analogy that I sometimes find is, is a good one is, imagine water running off a roof and getting collected in a rain barrel, and you know when that rain barrel's full, you could direct it to the garden. Well, the batteries were, are serving as a reservoir for that energy. But with modern solar, we have what is called net metering. So the utility company just has to put in the right meter, and then your solar is allowed to power the home and then flow out into the grid. And what you're really doing is as you're producing more than you're consuming, you're getting credit for that. 
does that energy go to somebody else or is it just saved there for you to come back when it turns dark at, at night? Yeah, that's a great question. And so when the utility companies were analyzing these laws that were developing all over the country, they had concerns that were legitimate. It needed to be done correctly because you were adding energy into their equipment. So there were concerns about safety, but they realized if it was well engineered and well executed, it would blend well with their energy and it would get consumed immediately by the neighbors and they would get paid for it. So they felt that it was fair to say we can give people credit for that. So it's almost like you're putting energy into a bank account during the day that you get to withdraw from at night. When the sun sets, the solar panels stop making power at some point. And so you'll need to power the additional, you know, the equipment that runs all day and night, like refrigerators and lights. Um, you'll pull from the grid, but you could have been pulling already for free Which if you had nice. solar. Yeah. So how yeah. much does this all cost? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and this is something that I think is a real opportunity because every time we meet with somebody, they're actually fairly surprised at how affordable solar has become. Even if they looked into it three or four years ago, uh, the financial equation has gotten better. So the vast majority of solar all over the globe has been put in place by reducing the electric bill and then financing it. So Germany demonstrated a model that could be used all over the world where they said if you put solar in place and you're given credit for that energy that it's producing, that you could finance it and it would be at worst a wash with your electric bill and over time even better. So with the clients that we work with, most of them are using these new solar loans that have only recently come to the area. And the premise of those is if you have to spend money on energy like all of us do, when you produce your own energy, if we can make it as affordable as your electric bill, why wouldn't you do it? So do you still keep your existing furnace and AC, hot water heater, everything is the same? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I think that this is where modern solar really has these advantages. It had to go through all of those paces over the years. But the homeowner is getting a system that adds energy into the home, and they don't even notice it. So you don't see any difference in the equipment. We're developing energy that is compatible with the home circuitry. So we power the home directly through what's called a supply line tap. So it feeds the breakers. And every one of your appliances is filled with energy that's coming right off your rooftop. Um, there's no change in service. If you need a little bit more, you pull. If you have even more to give, you push. So that's that net metered effect. Um, and yeah, there's no interruption. If you've got a gas furnace, you know, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. We're going to make energy every single day because solar panels are good enough now that they produce pretty well on overcast days. They didn't used to, but they had to get there. And what um, about like rain uh, and snow? Would that block it? Yeah, those are really all legitimate questions. So I think that the, one of the things to acknowledge pretty early on in solar is it is new to almost all of us. We have less than 1% to 2% of the rooftops covered in solar so far. Now, in other parts of the country, let alone the world, solar has a much larger market penetration and people have experience with it. But nobody in our area really has done solar before. And all of those questions need to come out. So we really uh, cherish that opportunity to educate and, and answer all those questions. But the solar panel itself 
to be a viable energy alternative, it had to demonstrate its ability to withstand what Mother Nature throws at it. Like hail. Hail, snow, rain, and be really, really durable. So I think that the reason it has grown so much is because it's safe and it's reliable. Um, that didn't happen overnight, but it is a very, very reliable source of energy. Is it tempered glass, like on a windshield of a car? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they can't sell panels in North America anymore unless they meet a hail a hailstorm test. The test is pretty rigorous, so it's fifty mile per hour hail in a How one inch. How do they do this? Somebody said they're like throwing. You get a, a professional ball player, and he's like lobbing. That's exactly right. And is that what they do? Yeah, they're funny. The engineers yeah. are real proud of where the, the science has gotten. Yeah. It's tempered glass. And they'll shoot ice cubes at these panels with air cannons, oh, be so like fun, a potato gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know they just explode on impact. And you know there's all kinds of video footage that has surfaced um, that demonstrates that hail's you know hail does not really hurt a panel; it bounces right off. But it needed to get there so that people would have the confidence of putting that kind of investment in place. But you know we're doing utility scale solar now in the middle of nowhere. So really, unless it was pointed out, unless you poked around on aerial photography, you probably wouldn't know that over in that field in Australia or in California or in North Carolina, I mean, it's all over the place, there's a whole field of solar. So and what about on the roof? I'm thinking about like a shake shingle because there are a lot of houses in the metro that still have the shake shingle roofs. Can you put a solar panel on that or will it damage it, even a uh, asphalt roof composition? Yeah, and that's another aspect of solar that is always kind of worth knowing about and investigating. The vast majority of the work we do is residential, um, and there's a huge opportunity in residential because a lot of homes, we can put enough solar on that roof to power that home. So the offset, like the ability to create all the energy you need on your roof is there. If you get into a high-rise apartment building or some of these large manufacturing facilities, those might be difficult to offset with just the roof space available. So because of that and because of the growth of solar, it's fueled a lot of innovation in the fundamentals like racking. So systems that attach the solar to the roof have gone through this really interesting growth of innovation. And they're at the point now where they take, a, they take an example of the roof tile and they reverse engineer a specific attachment for it. So one of the most challenging ones was the terracotta tile roof. Yeah, like how Spanish would you stick colonial. them on there? Super glue? Yeah, nobody even wants to stand on those, right? Because right. you could break them. So what they do is they take an example of that, run it through an AutoCAD program, and then basically come out with a stamped um, racking system that matches the form of that roof tile. So we're really always going to analyze that. Like the way that solar needs to be done to be done well is you need to meet with the homeowner and, and business owner and analyze all of those fundamentals. But the good news is there's a racking solution out there that will be a very good fit for your roof. Because that would be pretty with the ceramic tile that's curved because that brings up looks. I mean, is there a way that you can, if some people don't like the look of it, but can you hide it on the back of a house? Is that effective, or does it have to be all over the roof? Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent question, too. And I think that this is another area that people actually really would benefit from getting an update on. I've been fortunate enough to meet with quite a few HOAs, and one of the first things I'm eager to point out is we as a team are very conscientious about design and aesthetics. We own homes. 
uh, we're craftsmen, we're handymen, we do all kinds of projects, and we enjoy that. And so we're not going to put anything in place that is an eyesore. But the good thing is the entire industry is focused on aesthetics. Um, you know, solar is quite large in parts of the country like California, and it's going on all kinds of homes. Um, sometimes to produce well, it should be on one side of the home. But what they've done is they've made it really low profile, and it doesn't pull a lot of attention to it. Um, we actually kind of consider that somewhat of a triumph when we install something and it looks so sleek that it, look like, it looks like it was meant to be there. So there's effort involved in doing that correctly, but the panels have all gone to very high aesthetics, like they're all black with black frames. And they would look good on, I think, the mid-century modern homes. That would be yeah, a perfect fit yeah, for those. Yeah, they look really good on, on any dark composition roof shingle. Could you put it on the White House with that dome? Would that work? The do oh, which which house is that? The White House oh, in D.C. <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. Now, this is funny because the White House used to have solar on it. It did? Jimmy Carter put solar on the White House in Why the Why did 70s. they take it off? I'm not even sure if it's off. I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest, oh. but I've had that pointed out. This has been a really fortunate aspect of, of being in this industry is I've had the opportunity to meet with a lot of engineers, including an engineer that worked for NASA in the 1970s and developed those solar panels yeah. that I referenced earlier that are still functioning, that are out in outer space. So solar had an opportunity that maybe a lot of technologies don't have. I have a background in software, so I was always used to keeping an eye on trends and, and really being responsible almost in that profession for thinking ahead a little bit. That's one of the challenges in technology, but I like it. So when I, when I assessed what was going on in solar, I kind of saw a lot of elements aligning for it. It had a long time kind of flowing below the radar to get figured out, you know, to become really good, to become really durable, to get more efficient. And then as they shifted that law, so the net metering law really was an inflection point and it, it encouraged a lot of growth, that growth helped to bring prices down. So manufacturers achieved economies of scale, and by producing more and more and more of it, they were able to bring prices down. And really, the cost of running a home does have a component that is the electric bill. And right. you know, all of us kind of take that for granted because we've always had an electric bill, and we always will. But you have an opportunity now to produce electricity in a different way. So are you in competition with KCPNL or any of the electric companies? You know, Do they that, like you? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. And we are not at all adversarial with any utility company. We have partnerships with them in a key component. We have to submit plans to them before we're allowed to do the install. And they need to see that we execute well. So they need to see electrical engineering componentry that makes sense to them, that they have confidence in. And really, the bigger picture of energy is the utility companies were successful at delivering reliable energy for decades that we were fortunate enough to be able to take for granted. You know, if you go over and flip a light switch, it works. Um, that's not a small feat, but it actually became so commonplace that it was an expectation. And so a lot of credit is deserved by all the utility companies. What we're really doing is we're adding energy into their lines and what they like about it is they have to produce that power somewhere. 
So if we're adding energy into the line, they didn't have to produce it. They didn't have to distribute it. So it can be a win-win, you know. What happens during a well. power outage? If you have solar panels, do your lights stay on? Yeah, that's a very good question. And this is where the technology is probably going to go. One of the things that we have to demonstrate in those plans is that we will not continue to feed energy into the grid in a power outage because that would be dangerous. So we have to demonstrate equipment that automatically shuts the solar off. But if you implement or integrate storage, so this is the next frontier of energy in a lot of ways, is to figure out batteries that are more reliable, that are more cost effective. But if you integrate something like that, or a lot of homes that we work with actually already have a generator, those can be automated and allow you to operate until the power is back on. But that's an opportunity and that's an evolution of the technology that is, uh, that's current. So everybody that's in energy now, there's kind of a collective sense that power generation, which is what solar panels do, they make the energy, has gotten quite good. So it, you, there's no real logical reason to wait on adopting it. Um, it's gotten much more efficient. The costs have come down. There's kind of a consensus that if you're waiting for the day where it's going to be considerably cheaper or, or better, that you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, we don't wait to get a laptop. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, it's, right. it's similar in that way. But there is a huge opportunity in storage. So lithium-ion batteries, I believe it's fair to say we've only scratched the surface of what that technology will do. Okay, at my house, we have a window, and there's this bird. They're supposed to be so smart, right, nature, and just, like, keeps mm. banging into the window. It thinks it sees another bird. Would they do that with the solar panels? Have you noticed that? That's interesting that you bring that up. I've always wondered about that, you know, why birds do that. And, and if they see a competitor or something, yeah, or like competition, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they bang their head a couple times, you think, they, okay, this isn't working. There was, a, there was a window at my grandparents' house where birds would fly into it, and I always wondered, what are they doing? But I guess I was going to say bird brain. Some, yeah, exactly. You're probably right. <laughs> so, but anyway, no, that's a good point. The solar that we install um, we're conscientious about every aspect of what we do, but that's a, that's a point of pride, and I think that solar deserves those high standards. But we have critter guards, so those are available. Now, the truth of the matter is solar is not attractive to animals. We install a lot of solar in rural areas, and they have cattle and horses and goats. We have photos of goats standing on solar panels, and they're not hurting the panels. Right. They're just being goats. Um, but really, we haven't seen too many incidents. You know, we have, we really don't have too many incidents where critters have gotten in. But you know, we worked with a couple recently that was eager to put that in place. They felt that that was something that they were susceptible to, and we said, "Well, great, there's a we solution. Got a guard. We got a critter guard. Let's put it in place." Yeah. Well, if people listening want to know more about solar panels, is there a website you have they could go to to get answers to their questions? Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to spark up a conversation with you. Our website is risingsun.solar. So instead of a dot com, we have a dot solar domain. Fancy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're really proud of that. We were one of the first in the area. Um, But yeah, I think that the solar um, project really does deserve all of these questions. So thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to answer questions. And that's really what we try to uh, pride ourselves on is sitting down with, uh, with people and really explaining how modern solar works, how the laws and incentives work to help you take maximum financial benefit out of the system, 
and then really kind of partner with you. We, we look at our business as an energy partner. You know, there will be new things that come out, and maybe you don't have an electric car today, but down the road you get an electric car, and maybe you call us back and say, now I need six more panels, or I want to do this and this. We want to get a battery now, and we add a little bit more energy generation, more panels, and the combination of those gets us to where we really want to be. We so. will check out the website. Thanks well, so thank much for coming much. in. Absolutely. My pleasure. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4.